You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Welcome to episode number, sorry, episode season number three and episode number 53 of the daily (laughs) season 53. That would sound more like, well, hello, kids. Kitties, season 53 here. I'm now 107. Get off my bandwidth, you filthy bastards. (laughs) That's my bandwidth you're on there, I'll tell you what. I'm keeping that ball. <laughs> Why don't you send over that paper ball with that muscly arm? <laughs> no, 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 no. Now we're getting into the oh, went, we went the wrong way there. Family guy now. <laughs> uh, welcome to season three and episode number 53 of The Daily Beaver here on the Cryer Media Network. Today, recording day is Wednesday, February 8th. For real this time, 2023, <laughs> like yesterday. <laughs> and it's going to be a lovely sunny day here at the Beaver Lodge. I'm your host, the eager beaver, pronouns he, him, he, Mr. Beaver, eh? And with me, as always, is my dear friend, my brother, my companion in this endeavor, Mr. Grizzly. Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast's founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com. Uh, don't know how much time we have this morning, Mr. Grizzly. Usually Wednesdays are a short one. But yeah, I could let's... go to close to 45 minutes. All right. But first, we say hello to you. Hello, Mr. Grizzly. Good morning. And how's your mental health today? Mm, good morning, Mr. Beaver. Uh, mental health this morning is good. Especially considering lack of a certain um, liquid stimulant <laughs> this is orange pico it ain't coffee it ain't the same yeah I, i'm i'm good uh, although i had a weird episode yesterday in a meeting i just mm. um, in, in a meeting yeah i was in a meeting yesterday afternoon and uh, uh the mind went to a dark place <laughs> very Ooh. dark place like very dark place um self-harm dark place and i'm like what sitting there in the meeting and i'm like what the hell is going on? So I just look down at my screen and, and, you know, I'm responding to messages and things like that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why, why is this happening now? I, I don't get it. So I have a doctor's appointment today at one thirty. So, you know, we'll discuss that. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, it's right out of nowhere. I don't know why. I know it. It's just the way the brain works. I can't explain it. Yeah. You know? But something came knocking and you're, you're taking the call. 
So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Good. Well done. Um, but, uh, and so the mood today, mental health today seems relatively okay, even despite coffee. Yeah. No yeah. The lack of coffee. I'm, I'm feeling, you know, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, well, it's plus one right now. So uh, yes. I'm not wearing a sweater for the first time in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, but, good morning. Kid Linda. Cuffed up. Cuffed up. Ooh la la, something special? No, I just, when I wear a shirt of this style, I, I only wear French cuffs, so. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Good morning, Kit Linda M. Good morning, Kit, what you can do. So nice to see you again. Good morning, Kit Saucy. Good morning, Kit Elaine. Good morning, Kit Lazy Sunday with Wade and Doe. Good morning, Kit Hugh, you lovable, lovable, lovable man, you. Good morning, Kit Elaine. I hope you are doing even better today than you were yesterday. Ah, so lovely to see all of you. Good morning, Kit Jillian. Ah, lovely to see all of you kits this morning. Ah, Mr. Grizzly, you often have something to start us off with. Is that the case today? Yeah, I got a couple of quick hits. Um, So... uh... I don't know if anybody saw yesterday, there was a, a news report about uh, this one fellow is uh, protesting in front of a developer in Toronto because two of the homes he bought have gone up substantially in price, or, or no, sorry, have gone down in price from the developer since he bought them. Okay. I think he spent $2.5 million on the two homes and now they're selling them for four and $500,000 less and he wants a refund. I'm like, um... Mm, that the way the market works not only that it's like dude you spent two and a half million dollars on homes the rental properties mm. don't really have a lot of sympathy for you you know uh, i was but that's that thing right it's like oh, you know well gee you know i went to the grocery store and i bought these eggs for 429 and then the very next day you put them on sale for 329 i would like that savings please yeah, it doesn't work that way. So to add to that, there's just homes. <laughs> weird. And this this was a, a, a story in the Toronto Star. So fuel to the fire. Here's the weirdness. A whopping 36% of the condos in Toronto are owned by investors, according to a new report. Toronto's headed in the direction of cities like New York, New York City, London, and Shanghai, where the downtown becomes a commercial commodity that is rented out, one expert says. One third of Toronto condos are owned by investors. So it's like I'm supposed to feel sympathy for a guy who spent two and a half million dollars on a couple of homes because the price has gone down. Real estate is a speculative market if you're doing it as an investment. That's how it goes. I don't feel sorry for you. First off, you were able to mortgage two and a half million dollars. So, you know, I don't have sympathy for you. There's homeless people in your in your own city. What are you doing to help them? You spent two and a half million dollars on homes. No, no sympathy for you. So to change it up just a little bit, um, I looked up in the sky yesterday, and maybe this is why I had that moment of darkness. Maybe this is why, because I I saw this on a T-shirt, and I had to uh, uh, download this thing, because good goodness gracious me. This woman's T-shirt says, the earth is flat, vaccines are for depopulation, the moon landing was faked, chemtrails are geoengineering, global warming is a hoax, stand up against scientism. So I think my dark moment came after reading all of that. It's like I look up in the sky and just pray for the giant meteor. Scientism? We have failed as a society. We're no longer a viable species. Send the meteor. Good God. What has happened to public education? And scientism. Like, how? Stand up against scientism. It's not a word. And nutritionism. Nutritionism. Stop eating. You know, we've already proven, like, centuries ago that the world is not flat. Centuries ago. The Romans proved it. Before Columbus sailed, the Romans proved it. Let's Before end hydrate. Sailed. Let's let's end hydratism too. Chug, chug, chug. Could we end baldism? I would like some hair, please. Let's end baldism. I'd like a full head of hair again. I should, like, I should, 
I shouldn't be laughing because it's so sad. It's sad, but well, the choice is laugh, cry, or get angry and dark. I got angry and dark. Like, good God, man. (laughs) And scientism. Oh, shit. You know what? You know what? I just, you know. I just don't know. But I'm looking for I no meteor. I don't see anything in the sky. Yet. Oh, if man. I do, you'll be the first to know. And I'll tell you to look up. Look up. Uh, uh, be, be me this up, is Charlie. Where our world is. <laughs> be me up, Charlie. Charles yeah, Darwin, yeah. ready? Come get me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, to, to add to add to that one, here's an addition yeah. to that. This would be my final one today. My grandma was vaccinated in 2021 and all of a sudden oh, died yes. of cardiac arrest last Still week at the age of 96. Other it's than like, high blood pressure, she was perfectly healthy. I begged her not to take the jab, but she was always so optimistic. This is going to start happening to everyone. I'm wondering, is that a parody? I, that person can't be serious, right? They can't be serious. Well, that's like Dean was saying on the show when we're talking about Hazel McCallion, they're talking about dying yeah, yeah. suddenly. She's 101. It's 101. 96, she died sudden. The body just quit, man. <laughs> gone, gone too soon. <laughs> My grandfather died suddenly when he lied down at 99 to take a nap and never woke up. Like, come on, people. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking this has got to be a parody, right? This person cannot be serious. But I like I, this I, one, right? Go, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't bother to check her Twitter because I just looked at that and went, "No, I'm I'm out of here. I can't. I can't bother. I can't." Because I'm I'm worried that if I go down that road, it's it's not parody. It's going to be completely ridiculous gibberish. Okay. But there are some parody accounts that are so over the top. It's like, oh, it is parody. Yeah. Put it, put it back up though. Okay. Put it back up. This is the part that I love. I begged her not to take the jab, but she was always so optimistic. <laughs> she made it to 96. I'd be optimistic, too. This is going to start happening to everyone. Yes, in a nation where over 90% of the... In a nation where everyone dies. Yeah, we we're all going to die. And over 90% of the nation has gotten a vaccine. Yeah, it is going to start happening to everyone's sister. Gee, you're yeah. really going out on a limb there. If I die, if I die suddenly in forty-five years at the age of ninety-nine, make sure everybody tell. Make sure you tell everyone it was because I got a COVID vaccine. You know, forty-five years oh, earlier. No. Oh man, yeah, I like that little easy Sunday with Wade and Doe. My grandfather died suddenly. I'm just glad I wasn't in the car with him during that accident. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the old joke. The old joke. Uh, you know, I hope to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather and not screaming at the top of my lungs like the passengers in his car. Yes, there's a, a drag queen that uh, was doing Peggy Lee at one point and she comes on stage and she's actually back to us mm. and then just opens up and goes, oh, where did everybody go? <laughs> then she turns around and goes, oh, there you are. <laughs> and she makes that joke somewhere along the way, yeah, but yeah. in that Piggy Lee sort of voice. Say <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. No, that's no, no. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, she... Oh, well, you know, that's a good start of the day, man. I, I, so. I, I must have burned at least 200 calories. You, just laughing. you can tell the, the envelope of darkness has been lifted off of me, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Darky was a little saucy, <laughs> I have to say. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The, the dark um, thoughts, the, hum- the humoristic dark thoughts I have when I'm in that space. I don't share those with anybody because, oh boy, mm. most thoughts would get me into trouble. <laughs> I can't control them. They just come out of nowhere, right? Mm, mm, mm. I, what I can do is I can control whether I speak or say or act upon them. Right. You can't control I don't act upon have. them. I can't right. control the thoughts, but I don't act upon the thoughts. That's why we're here, here this morning, right? Right. That's why we're here this morning because I don't act upon those thoughts. And that's what I'm, I'm, I guess the message is for people to try and remember, just because you have a thought does not mean you have to act upon it. That's what being an adult means. Right. 
right? Control your, you know, you can't control your thoughts. You can control your actions. Man. That was more. Facebook, be ready to start a live video at 7 a.m. Um, we're very. <laughs> we're already live. Really? Did you just get the message? Yeah, it just popped up. I'm like, did you not hear the dingle? It went ding dong. I'm like, no, oh. it okay, maybe good, good, because it's you're not supposed to hear it. But it's like, what? We're already, we're already live. Uh, oh, good timing, Facebook. Good timing. Way good to timing. go. Good timing. Let us know. All right. Minutes. Twenty minutes later. <laughs> Uh, in the news, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Mira El Gawabi. Oh, okay. Uh, she is the lady that was uh, named by the prime minister to be, uh, I don't know if it's a watchdog or sort of a point person, but on uh, things re- related to Islamophobia and relations right. with Canada's Muslim community. Uh, and that was done on the anniversary of the Quebec mosque shooting. And that, well, uh, immediately prompted howls from the province of Quebec. Uh, we had Yves-François Blanchet, the leader of the barbecue party, uh, oppose it with by saying, quote, because I believe she does not know Quebec. She does not know our history. Now... <sighs> I have no love at all for this man mm-hmm. because one, I don't like his politics. Two, I think he's a pompous little prick. Oh, that yes. was apparent in the very, very first debate while everybody was talking, especially the French one. And he was standing there with his little imperious little tone and basically said, I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen in Quebec uh, type little tone that he's got. Uh, and he's got the easiest job in Canadian politics. All right, let's not kid ourselves here. All he has to do is take everything that the Quebec National Assembly passes and says, I'm for it. Yeah, that's it. He literally rides on Legault's coattails. Mm-hmm. He's literally a political parasite. I'm not Agreed. saying he's a parasite as a person. I'm not politically. I'm saying politically yeah. he's a parasite because he doesn't have to come up with any content of his own. We have no idea what he's like as a person. Not a clue. Well, we have some ideas, right? I mean, there was that allegation when he was Eric Lapointe's bouncer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. And um, he has not been without a certain amount of controversy coming to himself on the on the issue of race, particularly. He had uh, one of his MPs that did that gesture towards Jagmeet Singh in the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. And he was asking for an apology, and then that MP went hiding behind Blanche's pant leg, pretty much never to be heard from again. How convenient. Right? And then Blanche basically wouldn't address it. And Blanche's main position appears to be, well, since French Canadians were at one point oppressed, it seems to be, and that it seems to be Legault's as well, is that, that they cannot possibly be discriminatory mm-hmm. since they have been victims. And it's like, I understand that position, but there's also a position that hurt people hurt people. Yes. <clears throat> that, and that, and that's a very, um, a true and accurate statement. Hurt people do hurt people. We've seen it right. time and time again. Now I can understand being more vigilant, mm-hmm. hyper vigilant about mm-hmm. your culture and your language. If you have been oppressed, if you have a of history course. of that, right? That makes sense. Uh, but he's not, well, he supports Bill 21 in Quebec. Bill 21 is inherently racist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And religious supremacist and whatever word. You know, there's no word, there's no single one word like racist, but for as it applies to religion specifically. There right? isn't, and we need to come up with something. There is something like this because it's, you know, it's, there are people of, I don't know how it works, right? But when we're talking about Islam, there are people, there, there are Arab people and there are Persians and there are, right, different ethnic groups. And I don't know where ethnicity and race is and where that line is. So, but people will often say, you know, racist and when they mean religious superiority because this is a religion 
practiced mainly by people that don't look like us. Mm-hmm. So we assume it, and it comes from another culture, and it's associated with other races primarily. So we talk races, but in this case, it really is a case of, well, I mean, there could be some racism involved in it, but you know, there's some religious, there is a religious element there for sure. Because Quebec was very much under the thumb of the Catholic Church for a very long time, more than any other oh, province, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. Yes, with the Duplessis era and all that, and then they had the Quiet Revolution and all of that. So it is more, right? It is a much more complicated situation. It does have nuances, and it's, you know, it's, uh, if you're talking of having sensitive chords within you, Right, if you were an instrument like this, these issues, particularly for the Quebecois, pluck on some very sensitive chords, particularly if you're older and you've lived through that uh, that era. Um, but Blanchet does things like, for example, in the name of academic freedom, saying that any word can be said in that context, including the N-word. Yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, true. again i can see the argument right Mm -hmm. in -hmm. terms of intent right i'm i'm looking at it like this Mm -hmm. the use of the word like this i'm looking at it so clearly it's not something i mean and something but you can do that exploration without saying it there are very very few instances in which you need it some of them are artistic like for example like if you're watching to kill a mockingbird right right it's not the same but it's very, 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 very few instances. And even if you could make an academic argument like this one, right? Do you need to do this in order to do it? I mean, mm-hmm. we all know what we're talking about when we say the N word. Well, and they don't even need to say right? that you can, you can substitute the word for ninja or nizzle. You don't have to say the word. And especially when they come in with the hard R on the end, it's like, whoa, whoa. Yep. We all yeah, know what that the, means. The harder the R, mm-hmm. <laughs> the greater the hate. Oh, yeah. So, right, right. Uh, so, and he has been the type of person to to use the word lynching mm-hmm. in French. Saying they want the lynching of my MPs. And we know what lynching means. But then he'll turn around and say, well, in the French context, it has a different... It's like, come on, you, you know who our downstairs neighbor is, right? Yeah, yeah, the the history's there. We, that's not. Come on, come on, right? I mean, dude, Terry Nichols. Hmm. 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 Well, and and when you consider the fact that the, this this bill. Um, you know, no, no religious symbols whatsoever in the workplace. Why is there still a crucifix in the, in the Quebec legislature in Quebec city? Oh, that's historic. Did they take it down? I have a feeling that they did. Oh, okay. I believe I remember somewhere like this, but I mean, it was a big fight though. Yeah. But they're like, well, that's historic. Hang on a second here. And you're telling me a hijab isn't historic. (laughs) It's not historic in your personal history, but in global history, it certainly is. Hmm. Right. So what about a nun's habit? Is a nun allowed to wear a habit in the workplace if she's a teacher in a Catholic school? If she's a teacher in Catholic school, I think she is. So you know, it is. is could, sure. But Quebec well, doesn't I, I, have Catholic schools anymore now. Oh, when did that go away? Um, I'd have to look that up too. But the crucifix I was removed from the National Assembly's Blue Room in uh, July of 2019. Oh, I did not know that. Well, congratulations—a step in the right direction. Yeah, uh, and, it's just uh, so they could defend their out, their outrageous bill, though, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean? It's oh, just yeah. so that they can defend the use of Bill C twenty one. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, that was all part and partial of the discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. So yeah, Quebec and Newfoundland have done away with funding for separate school boards. Uh, but I can't, and this was prior to 2017 from what I can tell, because I'm finding a 2017 article that says that Quebec and Newfoundland got rid of it, but I can't, uh, I don't know when, 
But uh, yeah, in uh, Quebec, there is no uh, Catholic school board. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, they did get rid of that. So I mean, that's what I mean. There are consistencies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not out of the blue, and there there is consistency. There is consistency, um, but it seems that the main issue with her stems from an article that she wrote in a, a column in 2019 that she co-wrote, in which she criticized the province's secularism law, suggesting within the article that the majority of Quebecers uh, might be influenced by anti-Muslim sentiment, uh, citing a Leger poll that stated that about 88% of people that had a negative view of Islam also supported Bill 21. Okay. Or, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. 88% of Quebecers who held negative views about Islam supported Bill 21. Um, now, from what I can tell, I still have to go and find the article and read it myself. But from what I can tell, based on the reporting, is that she didn't outright say Quebecers are racist, but sort of like 88% of Quebecers hold negative views, so it would seem that this is mm-hmm. rooted in. Right, right. Right? That, that those little tiny like subtle things like you, you know you're behaving like a, you know you're behaving like a child and stop being a child right right if you're not if you're in the heat of the moment you don't hear the difference right you just did you just call me a child so there so there might be some of that going on i'm going to go and read the article myself to figure that out so please don't take it as gospel from us yet that that is exactly what she said but it seems to be comments of that sort uh that has uh, got them upset now i'm sitting here and i'm going gee um i don't know about you but looking from the outside it doesn't really come as a shocker to me that the woman who's wearing a hijab was probably going to be against bill 21 you think that's a surprise come on i'm i you know, I guess, I mean, that was the plot twist I was waiting for. Ooh, will she be for it? Will she be, who knows? Ooh. I'm for this bill that will oppress me as a human being. What? what? Right? <laughs> so they're upset that she was upset and dared to say it. This yeah. is about the best I can gather. Um, it also seems, however, that there may not be just that, right? Um, there seems that there might be another comment that she made where people were speaking of the oppression that Francophones did suffer at some point. Uh, and she may have dismissed that, mm. right? When we do the the suffering contest i've said my 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 suffering is more more <laughs> more suffering wherever like this well of course it's I, i've suffered more than you because years. you've been through it it's your people right but like but yes we've suffered more right that type of thing uh and apparently she said something like that assertion just makes me want to vomit that's great you're probably Mm. So sorry, that sorry. one's a, yes, that's okay. That one's a little less. We can't really dance around that one. No. Uh, yeah, as Kit Saucy says, it's comparative suffering. There you go. That's yes. what I was looking for. Thank you. Um, so uh, the problem is that you have a situation in which. You have, like I said, people like Blanchet going, somebody that says that Quebec is racist needs to know more about Quebec. And this is where he said something really stupid afterwards. There is no society in this whole continent which is more welcoming than Quebec. You can't do that. That's, that's, that's not how it works, bud. You it's can't not. do that. Yeah. You can't do that. He's clearly never been to the Maritimes or Newfoundland, <laughs> right? He's never been out west. Has but he again, been to Niagara Falls? Like it, it's, it's, you, you just can't make that Cuba? statement. 
Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> They're part of North America. There's when people start doing that, right? Mm-hmm. There's nobody better at this than me. Only I can fix it. There's no place in the world more welcoming than where I am. There's nobody smarter. There's nobody who cares more about the people than me. There's nobody that mm-hmm. trying too hard. Get down off trying the cross. We need the wood. Trying too hard. Trying too hard. You cannot pass a bill in which you say that certain people in your province are going to be singled out for special treatment for creating for committing the cardinal sin of trying to live an authentic life. Mm-hmm. And you telling them that they don't have access to the same employment opportunities as everybody else while being forced to pay the same taxes as everyone else. It's discriminatory. And then say that you're the most welcoming society on an entire freaking continent. Just, I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. Never the, pl- never the planes shall meet. He's clearly never been to New Orleans. I'm just, you know, it's like, so, he, it's just, it's a ridiculous statement. But and again, he's making himself out to be the fool that he can be when he, when he behaves in a manner such as this. But nobody should be surprised that the man who advocates for the academic freedom to use the N-word and accuses people of wanting his white MPs to be lynched (laughs) would be on this side of the argument. Right. This is the most welcome. We welcome everyone. And, And there's nobody that hates being called more racist more than a racist. Yeah. Yeah. That sets them off. Oh boy, does it ever. I'm not. I'm, does it ever. I'm, well, and, and, and they have to remember that there is a subset of, of uh, citizens in this country that believe that racism is uh, the only symbol of, of racism or the only reason you could be deemed racist is if you're burning a, a cross or wearing a white hood. And that's certainly a very large visual part of it. But it goes way deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Well, we, mm-hmm. we we don't hire we don't hire uh, people of that. That's racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's racism. Well, we don't hire those people because you know we don't like the smell of their food when they cook it at lunchtime. That's racism. That's racism. <laughs> well, we don't yep. let those folks into the club because they always cause problems. That's racism. Mm-hmm. It's not always violent. It's not always screaming epithets in a person's face. Mm-hmm. It's actions as well as words. Exactly. And sometimes the words are subtle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very thin veil. The dog whistling, right? Right. So you even got people like Thomas Mulcair, who's never met, met a bad take he wouldn't take. <laughs> yeah. But... Actually, he's he too saying something like wrong appointment, wrong appointee. Right mm-hmm. um, now, Farid Khan, who's the chair of Canadians and United Against Hate, basically uh, came out and said, I don't think it would have mattered who was the person they had appointed to that position. Any candidate who was up for that role has strong views about Bill 21, about defending the rights of Muslims and Jews and Sikhs and other religious minorities in the province. The logic is unassailable there. Mm. Anybody who would be taking that job would probably be against Bill 21 and would probably be calling Quebec out on it. And since Quebec seems to be, this particular government in Quebec seems to be particularly sensitive about being called out on that and still keeps on denying the existence of systemic racism while they're doing it. (laughs) So the prime minister has pointed to Quebec's history and comments with organized religion as, uh, you know, terrain for the divide uh, and stated uh, specifically, quote, and that comes with a certain perspective of what secularism is and the time, uh, well, <laughs> well don't. okay, I completely screwed up taking down the note on that one. That happens. That happens. Wow, that, there's, sometimes I type too fast, kids. <laughs> uh, but basically, it comes with a certain perspective of what secularism is uh, and at the time and in the region that informs what modern Quebec is and the Quebecers are not racist. So, again, that's something the Prime Minister has to say. 
this. Mm-hmm. It's also primarily true. But this particular government, particular government is as a matter of strategy in order to remain in power, constantly plucking at the ethno-nationalism button, plucking at that string. So whether it's through things like Bill 21 or language laws or immigration policy with Roxham Road saying that they can't take any more because, you know, more immigration is going to dilute French, but it always comes back to language and culture. They always find a way to bring the argument back to language and culture. And by doing that, right, by doing that, Mr. Legault keeps 60, 50 to 60% of the province on side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anything, while he's still wildly popular, anything that the federal government would say of any stripe, and this is the real politic of the situation, would then be viewed as an attack on Quebec. And then it gives ground for the government of Quebec to then, you know, have an enemy to fight and then mm-hmm. remain in power. Right? It's all about constructing political enemies. That's the game. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is, right? Yeah. So you have Blanchet basically turning around and saying, clearly, because she wrote that article, not only is she not appropriate for the job because she wrote the article, and there may have been the thing with that makes me want to vomit uh, comment, but basically he's saying that she is one of the main people that associated Quebec with Islamophobia. That, but he's singling out as like mm-hmm. one of the main people who like, made that association on the global scene mm. and, this, and thus damaged Quebec's good reputation. So when you appoint someone to address the very specific and very touchy issue of Islamophobia, you need, as far as I'm concerned, to appoint someone who will unite people, says Blanchet. Again, us knowing full well that there's absolutely no one he would find acceptable. He would want someone who was neutral on Bill 21. Well, you cannot be the person <laughs> who is going to take that job and be neutral on Bill 21 because it is inherently discriminatory. You just can't do it. (laughs) So, um, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's a messy situation. Now, uh, the leader of the Bloc Québécois did have a meeting with her to obtain further clarification of her comment. Uh, And that was something the prime minister said he would be happy to facilitate. Um, Nobody will, in the government's office, in the prime minister's office, where the prime minister will say if they knew of the op-ed that she wrote prior. But my guess is, how could they not? As that's probably the thing that brought her to mass public attention. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But the Prime Minister has said, and here's another saucy moment, saucy Trudeau moment for you, or spicy Trudeau moment. The Prime Minister has stated that had he known of the remarks, he still would have wanted to see her appointed to the job. Interesting. I'm not spicy. going to tell you that I saw the remarks, but even if I had, she'd still be there. So Spicy. Uh-huh. Spicy. Mm. Spicy sunny ways. <laughs> well, um, sun hot spicy hot yeah. um, we can talk a little bit very quickly about healthcare we won't uh, go in deep at the moment uh, just want to make one more mention too that the State of the Union address was held last night in the United States of America I didn't get a chance to watch any of it but we will check it out later and we'll comment on that probably tomorrow or the following day but anyway let's get to healthcare main- sir the main thing I heard about that is that uh, perjury trader greed uh, yelled out, you're a liar. And it's like, girl, somebody did that a couple of years ago with Obama. You're not doing anything new. It's, it's not, just like, yeah. yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> that was, that was, that was so two terms ago. <laughs> you're old, you're basic and you're boring. Mm-hmm. Move along. Yawn, click, goodbye. All right. So with regard to healthcare, uh, very quickly, uh, the prime minister did meet with the premiers. The premiers went in all optimistic. Yeah, we lost Mr. Beaver for a sec. His signals dropped off to nothing. (laughs) Very strange how that happens sometimes. We're about to discuss the uh, federal healthcare funding formula that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has put together for the uh, provinces. 
And uh, as it looks, from what I understand, it's, what is it? Uh, let's see here. Let me just check. I had, it's uh, $196 billion over the next decade with a $46 billion increase in new funding over that same time period. So this is, this is what we call big dollars to be spent. Now, hopefully there are serious strings attached to this. I, I don't know if that is the case. I would have to assume that it is. Time will tell, but it looks like, yeah, it looks like we're going to get some serious money poured into um, healthcare, uh, you know, from the federal government, provincial healthcare, of course. And it's like an immediate national and unconditional $2 billion top up to the health, tra Canada health transfer to address urgent pressures being experienced at pediatric hospitals, emergency, emergency rooms, and surgical centers. So that means here's $2 billion immediately. Do what you will, do what you will with it. It's supposed to be spent on healthcare, which means, you know, you know, old Dougie's going to find a way to fund that new highway. I'm speculating that's what's going to happen. I don't know that that's actually the case. I'm just speculating, but it's probably what he would do because, you know, that's kind of who Dougie is. We've got, uh, let's see, $25 billion over 10 years for decade-long bilateral deals with each province and territory tailored to their health care needs, but connected to shared priorities such as family health access, investing in mental health and substance abuse services, and modernizing the health information system. Now, that's an important feature, is modernizing the health information system because it is a little behind the times. You need to use a floppy disk, and it's in DOS to boot it up. I'm exaggerating a little bit. It does need to be modernized, though. Looks like Mr. Beaver is back. Let's bring him on in. There you go, sir. Your signal just disintegrated and you froze and disappeared, but you're back. Uh, everything completely froze up. Oh. Like, yep, everything just completely froze up. Reboot? Yeah, your signal's off for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your, there's your still some connection is a four out of ten. Which is oh, okay, so it's it's eating your processor in the process. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That should be better now. Yeah, quite a bit better now. Yeah, that I was just discussing, uh, just discussing the monies being being poured into the system over the next uh, decade, um, and the immediate immediate uh, national unconditional two billion dollar top up to the Canada Health Transfer right away. So uh, unconditional, right? Like here's two billion. Yeah. Like, to help, wow. Well, unconditional. It's a, to help with surgical backlogs and overcrowded emergency rooms specifically. Mm -hmm. But yes, I mean the CHT transfers just go into re general revenues, so for the provinces so after that they can do with what they want and there is no again no promise that they will actually spend it on that so we about half should get spent on what it's intended to well i just said you know I good mean, old dougie will probably figure out a way to build a highway with it exactly um so uh but yeah the premiers uh basically went in optimistic and as predicted because you know this always happens every time. Then the pretty the we, we didn't came get out what we wanted. We, were we wanted more. Yes, and and I don't. And this here's the thing, right? It's like I don't understand how this is like we call this negotiation. It's not a negotiation, right? Because it's the premiers coming to the table, and there has been mm -hmm. no table to come to for the longest time because Harper didn't have one. It's saying we want this, and then the federal government says yes or no, and this, and you know, and like if the federal government dares ask, and what are you going to give us for it in return? Well, how dare you? We want a yeah. substantial increase of money and we want no strings attached. Legault said that going into the meeting yesterday. So you're not going to get that, honey. It's just, it doesn't work that way because we you're know you'll squander it. You won't spend it on health care. You'll squander it. But, but Dougie, I saw a quote from Dougie and I tweeted him like, well, Doug, he goes, we're going to get this money. To, I'm like, but Doug, you cut $980 million from the health care budget last year. Mm -hmm. You refused to give a raise to health care workers. So... Mm -hmm. You know, put the billion back, 980 million, 20 million, you know, 980 million, let's be specific, he cut from the budget. So why don't you put that back, give a raise to healthcare workers, support workers, because it's not frontline, it's, it's not the doctors and nurses, it's everybody else who works in the system. Give them a proper raise, and then you can ask for more money to help fund things. But you keep cutting and cutting and cutting and say, we need more money. Well, hang on a second now. Hang on a second here. That's not how it works. And he's also missing $4.4 billion in federal COVID funds. Where's that money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where's the money, Doug? Where's the money? Where's the money, Doug? Where's the money? How much did you lose, Doug? How much? Just a number, please. 
How much? Just a number. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I do not understand when you're watching the news and we're hearing all this framing where the newscasters are talking about, you know, and now we wait to see if the provinces accept the federal government's offer. It's like, this is not a negotiation. <laughs> the federal government tells you what's on the table and you take it or you leave it. Like that's this, it. Or you work to try to get a little more. Well, that's it. I mean, this is not a negotiation because they're not willing to offer anything in return. The federal government, they just like said, wah, 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 like we said, like 13 little chicks in a nest going, yeah, yeah. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And then they go, oh, it wasn't enough. It was like, this is not a negotiation. <laughs> not in the classic sense. Not like when you're like negotiating pay raise or whatnot like this. Okay, I'm going to get a little of this and you're going to do a little bit more of that. Or you're like, this is just literally, we want, and we're not going to do anything for it and don't expect anything for it and don't ask us anything, but we want. Oh, it wasn't what we wanted. It's not enough. We won't accept your offer. No. No. Right? It is what it is, man. Take it or leave yeah. it. Exactly. You better, so you it's better one, bloody well take it because we need it. Yeah. So it's $196 billion of ca additional cash over the next decade. Only about $46 billion of that is new money. So basically $150 billion is what would have been going anyway under existing agreements mm -hmm. and $46 billion. And most of that will be going to the provinces under uh, bilateral agreements uh, that uh, the prime minister is going to make with them. That seems to be the intent. So it appears that the prime minister really is going to be trying to get everything that he wants because while there will be an uh, increased annual increase to the Canada health transfer, uh, and with that, there'll be no strings attached because there's no way they're going to be able to put attached strings on that money, but they'll be able to put strings on new money. And it looks like he's only really willing to let go any new money within bilateral agreements. So there you go. He's been very, very clever. So it's again, it's the, it's this, it's the CPP top up climate change, all that. I'm I've got a pool of money for you here. Take childcare. If you want to come in and, Provinces like Nova Scotia might not seem very, very eager to take it, and other ones will probably drag their heels a little bit, and then we'll get pressure from the people from the province, why aren't you taking the money? And then they will sign on to the conditions, kicking and screaming, but they will. So it's a strategy that's worked before, and it seems like it's going to work again. Well, that's that's just a quick version. We'll have more clearly for we'll, you. We'll, get, we'll wade time. into the weeds on that one on Friday when we have a lot more time. Exactly. Well, Mr. Grizzly, I think we have a show. We do. I have to go. So let's wrap this baby up so I can get into the office and take care of some business and earn enough money to purchase coffee. For All right. <laughs> well, kids, that's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver podcast. We hope you love listening to us because we love making this for you. Ah, good morning, Kit Baby. I didn't see you earlier when you came in. Remember that sharing is caring and word of mouth is priceless. So please let your peeps know about us. You are really cool people. And I'm sure that you know how to influence a lot of people. So let them know that we exist. And uh, you have been doing a very good job of that because we made it back onto the charts again yesterday. Thank you. Our first time as a daily. So we are at 123 out of 250 on the Apple charts. So that was very nice of you, kids. Thank you so much. We're uh, on our way. Because the, pardon? We're on our way. We're on our way. Because democracy is something that you do, we are going to keep with Kit Linda M's suggestion because it is not yet the 10th. You have up until the 10th to participate in federal budget consultations or probably even provincial ones in the province where you are to let them know what your priorities are. So please take the time to do that. Uh, I would really appreciate that. If you really like this podcast, you can find us on the Cryer Media Network as well as all Beaver Grizzly friendly platforms. Stars and reviews are appreciated. So please be generous. We would appreciate that. We'd love to hear from you. Reach us on the Facebook at True North Eager Beaver, on our Twitter feed at True Eager, or by email at TrueNorthEagerBeaver at gmail.com. Or you can subscribe to us at our pod page, podpage.com slash the True North Eager Beaver, with a hyphen between each one of those words. And once we have something fresh off the bandwidth, it will come straight to you. Why also not subscribe to our True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube mm -hmm. channel? That helps us out big time. I love being a captain of industry. I have no idea what my responsibilities are, but I'm sure I'll learn on along the way. <laughs> we can't do this without you and your kind and generous support. So if you're really feeling bad for Mr. Grizzly and think he should have a coffee, well, go to our tip jar, ko-fi.com slash eager beaver. That's coffee, ko-fi.com slash 
eager beaver. Buy a grizzly a cup of coffee. Look at the guy. Look at the guy. He looks like he needs coffee. Help him. Okay. And finally, we've got quality eager beaver merch you love in sizes small to 3XL at crier.co slash crier hyphen media hyphen shop. That's where you go to get yourself some fabulous today. And make sure that you smize while you wear it, kitties. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it could be a tough world out there, so please be kind and gentle with yourself. Mr. Grizzly, some words of wisdom. We need them. Fill your belly if you're hungry, because I'm starving right now. And uh, my brain, when, when food not in belly, brain not work good, mouth not speak well. Ah, Okay. I got to eat breakfast before I get into the office or I'll be an idiot. <laughs> Time go now, kitties. Hello, Mel. Nice to see you. Pop in. All right. You take Rose care. Grizzly credits the roll. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research story and guest curation and copywritten by the Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, the Peppermaster, the Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to Pete Jarvis for our artwork. We love it. Kits, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye, kitties. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.